0: to TV Talk with the Sisters. I'm Karen. And I'm Regina. And we are here to talk TV. Yes, we are. Murder and Mayhem on Dick. Yes, it is. And today we're going to talk about some of our favorite shows from the 70s and 80s. Yes, listen, y'all. Listen, you grew up in the 70s and 80s watching TV. This is the podcast for you. You want to go put on some Casey and the Sunshine Band and ah! some of that old music, and put you on your hip hugger jeans, cause we're getting ready to get down and get funky. <laughs> get yourself an afro, huh? some afro shit, and you' are gonna be ready. Huh. Our first show, the show we—I mean, we love this show. Well, okay, I love this show. And I'm one of the people sitting up at one o'clock in the morning watching this show. Mm. Because it reminds me of them days. What? Mannix. Oh, Mannix. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. -dun. I I like Mannix, too. I uh, rediscovered Mannix. And it's so funny now that we are watching these shows and loving these shows. These are shows our dad watched. Yes. Growing up. And, you know, we grew up where, you know, you had one TV You know, later on, there was other TVs. But in the beginning, there was one TV. So what he watched was what was watched, okay? If we wanted to watch TV. Yeah. (laughs) And Mannix is... Now, I don't stay up to one like she does. I record it. But I love Mannix. He's a private investigator. Yep. During the 70s. And people come to him with their issues. And they hire... uh, he started it started in 1967 Wow and he started as a, he started as a private investigator for a company mm. that did this and they'd have this they had this huge computer that would spit out answers and he would have to go and you know that he would be assigned a case mm-hmm. from this and he worked for um, he worked for somebody who would assign him the case and it was so funny when this show started it was in black and white oh And he would go out and solve these cases, you know, for the machine and for the company he worked for. And then, um, I can't remember what year it was, but then, because this show went 194 episodes, eight seasons. Wow, that's good. Yeah, a couple of seasons in, they decided to get rid of the, the company and the computer and all of that. And he branches out on his own. And this is my favorite part of the show. This is when he hires his secretary, who is... Gail Fisher, but of course in the show she's Peggy, and it's like he has a black secretary now. Really, if you ask me, <laughs> she was his partner. She was, cause baby, she would be, you know, a secretary. She, she was running out, getting information, helps helping him solve the case. Yeah, Peggy was, Peggy was on it. Peggy was on her stuff. Yes, yeah, she was. She was, she was on her stuff. I was like, go ahead on Peggy. He need to listen. Side note. Perry Mason and Joe Mannix, old day secretaries, half day check. Because Della Street did everything. And Peggy, listen, Peggy held it down for Joe. Yep. Held it down. Yep, she left her little kid at home a lot to go and handle Joe stuff. Yeah, but I, I liked Mannix because he was a likable guy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't over the top with it. Right. It just tickled me, though, as I watched the episodes that. It, there was always some connection with some woman. Like yes. He was always looking for some pretty girl. And maybe that was the thing back then. I, it it didn't be. register watching it. But now I look back and I think, they always tried to make these little detectives be out. Chasing some woman. Chasing some little raggedy girl yep. around town. Or whatever. And I thought, look at Joe. Yeah. Joe looking at that one. Joe, Joe, focus. We trying to solve the crime. And you know what? Peggy would call him out. Yeah. She'd be like, oh. So is it her or is it her, the case? Yeah. 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 I and like that, was, that That's what I loved about Peggy. Peggy would be like, now, wait a minute, Joe. Mm-hmm. And she would tell him. If she disagreed with him, she'd just tell him up front. That's good. There was never any of this. You know how like, a lot of times, you know, folks would be like, oh, no, I can't do this. That's my boss. I might get fired. You ain't never felt none of that with Peggy. No. no. Peggy was always up front. And he would be like, now, don't do this and don't do that. And she would, you know, he'd be going out to try and solve something and she'd be like, Oh, he's gonna be in trouble. She called the police and she and the police would show up and he would be like, uh, she'd be like, Say something. Just say something. I done saved your life. Yes, Peggy, Peggy was essential. But Joe was a likable private eye. Not yes. all private eyes were likable. No. He had a good relationship with the police. Yeah. Uh the police. Now, this is the thing that got me in this show. Okay. The the police lieutenant who he was always trying to go and get information from, you know, whenever he needed some research or something done, the police person who he went to get information from was Robert Reed. Yeah. Robert Reed is the guy you know as the father of the Brady Bunch. That's right. I was like, look at Brady Man. He played both roles at the same time. You know what? I wondered about that because I'm not clear on how years stuff was filmed. Exact same years. So he was running around that lot going from sound studio to yeah. sound studio. He was going from being a police detective to being a daughter, to being the father of Marsha Brady. Lord. Now that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like stacking checks. Yes, he was. But of course, after both both of them jobs ended at the same time, <laughs> and he couldn't find no work after that. But that was, you know, that was good. The other funny thing about Mannix is, I can tell, and I'm not that astute, but I can tell this was on the property of the studio because they'd have these. Places that look like they're downtown or When I'd be like, ain't don't nobody live there. Ain't nobody on the street. They ain't don't anybody. even look real. <laughs> right. You know, for their little they shootouts. They didn't spend a whole lot of money now, on it, did they? Now, every now and then they'd be on location somewhere, but a lot of times they'd be doing shootouts. And that tickles me, too, being a child of violence. Because they pull out these little six pistols and it'd be like, pew, pew, pew. I'm like, ain't ain't nobody gonna die today. Look, who you shooting at, Joe? It was just so funny because they had these little guns. And now, of course, people pull out guns long as your body that shoot 9,000 bullets. But I just... I just thought that was so funny when I watch these shows now to see the difference in how they were presented then and how they're presented now. But Joe is very likable to me. Uh, He was just just a good guy. Sometimes he would stumble onto stuff and just take on the case without being asked because he was just concerned about the people and what was going on. But he was a really good... I. He had a really good relationship with the police. It wasn't like he was trying to one-up the police mm-hmm. or anything. Him and Peggy was just, you know, being groovy. <laughs> yep. And like I said, I love the way that he treated Peggy. Like yeah. I said, Peggy was really his partner. He always said Peggy was his secretary. And every now and then he'd be like, can you get me some coffee? And she'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> And anyway, <laughs> but I love that. I love that relationship. But I also love the fact that Gail Fisher had the job. You know what I'm saying? Gail Fisher in what? The late 70s, in the early 70s is, you know, cast n- next to the star on a show. Yeah, she was. And so, you she, know, that's she, a pretty high rating for an actress. Yeah. And black actress in yes. the 70s, you know, because we saying. were, not you know, I don't recall very many shows in the 70s where we were really... Just out front, you know, mm-hmm. good times when yeah. we was... That was getting, late. To, yeah. yeah. That was middle of late. To, that wasn't the early 70s. That yeah. was like at the beginning. And so Gail Fisher really, I mean, it was like, yes, that was us. She was good. She looked like us. She did. And she was in a professional job holding it down. Mm-hmm. And she always looked good. Got to she throw did. that in. Shout out to Gail. So that's I liked Mannix. I really did like Mannix. Next Next show. Cannon. Now Cannon, I could live a hundred years and do without. <laughs> you didn't like Cannon. I didn't like Cannon because Cannon is a bully. And I remember my dad watching Canon too. And listen, Cannon is a bully. I've been re-watching some of those shows and I'm like, this little old fat sucker, I'd push him down and watch him wobble. He just talk crazy to people. Uh, that was one of those things where you know it was like, oh, this is acting, because you know what they'd have whooped him a long time ago. <laughs> he, he gonna run in and grab somebody and pull him up. Yeah, all they gotta do is push you over. That's what I'm saying. He'd never get up like a turtle. He'd be down there rocking like a big old turtle. They turned him over. <laughs> I just I didn't like him. He's also a private investigator, but he. Um, did he work for a company or himself? Well, he had, start, he, was, he, had he had been a police lieutenant yes. and some things had happened and he left the job yeah. and he became a private investigator. Yes. And so the the one thing I liked about Cannon was the way they told the story. Mm. I remember there was one night and I kept thinking, I'm going to go to bed now because Cannon, come on now, after Mannix. And I was like, I'm going to bed now. I'm going to bed now. But the story was so engaging. Uh I mean, I was like, oh, wait, 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 what they gonna do? Uh I mean, because it seemed like really obvious. He went into this small town to find out, you know, who had killed this police officer because they thought there was some corruption in the police department. Uh And the mayor had hired him to come in secretly and they put him at a hotel to say, you know, you're gonna come in and you're gonna try to figure this out for us. Uh And it turns out the police found out he was there and so while Cannon was meeting with the police officer the cr- cr- cops was going through his stuff <laughs> in his wow. hotel room and i was like oh that's deep that's deep and so the whole story was really intriguing in how they told the story and mm. i was like okay okay this was and so some of the stuff was pretty well written even though can w- william conrad who plays canon was the only main actor for this show. So every episode, he had yeah. a whole new cast. Yeah, it was and all so, about him. Yeah, and so it was really it was really interesting in how they tell this story. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just never got past him just being a bully. Every place he would go, it would be like, I'm And you be quiet. And you sit down. And you can't tell me what to do. And I was like, hold on. Hold on, Kenny. Like you ain't got it like you ain't got to do all that. Now I did find it very interesting that uh, William Conrad was the lead in this because you know nowadays you would be like young and blonde with a six pack, uh, yes, British or and you that- would be eye candy now if you were a yes. lead. And for him yes. to be this kind of middle aged fat white man. And pulling in a show for what, 120 episodes? I found that very interesting. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that was interesting is that a lot of these folks in these 70s shows that we're talking about are very non traditional looking. Yeah. They yeah. did not come, you know, I mean, if you compared them to the 80s, they would be, they wouldn't have had a chance. They wouldn't. He wouldn't have been a lead. No, no, he wouldn't have. No, they would have been like, okay, now you're going on Slim Fast. Yeah. We just going to tell people you sit this week. <laughs> so I found that very interesting. And of course, because I don't know a lot about William Conrad, I just wondered... How did he get to a point to where he was the main lead on the show? He, he was on a lot of shows. He had done a whole lot. Really? Another one of my favorite shows that we'll chat about one day, Have Gun, Will Travel. Oh, Lord. That- he was the uh, narrator for that show. He was on Have Gun, Real Travel? He was the narrator. Really? Yes. And so, you know, whenever they're telling the story. Mm-hmm. He would be the person saying, and then such and such and such happened. But he was—he done some narration for some movies and stuff, and so he—he he had a career up to the point when he got to this. I see. I just did not know that because I kept wondering, how was this guy? And maybe they wrote him to be this rude, abrasive. I mean, that was part of his character. Good yeah, yeah. Name. But Cannon wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite. I, I can do Maddox, but Cannon, had... Yeah, I wasn't up on canon. That's okay because this next one I can't do. Okay, and what's the next? Is one? All yours, Columbo. Oh, child, listen here. Yeah. Starring Peter Falk. Yes, nineteen seventy-one to two thousand three. Oh God. Yes, girl. Yes, sixty-eight episodes really a lot of those last episodes were movies. Yeah, and thirteen seasons. Yes, I listen. Growing up, I wasn't a Columbo fan. But as I got older and I started watching them, girl, I can watch episodes two and three times the same thing. And that may just be a sign of me getting old. But I love me some Columbo. I just love me some Columbo. You know, because he's he he comes in as this police detective who's so... He seems like he's out of his element, he, his jacket's all rumpled up, his clothes. You know, slipping them clothes. Yeah, he's smoking the cigar, or He doing something. He just don't, he don't fit, right. I guess, for lack of a better word. Right, he don't right. fit. And this was back when everybody in a professional job wore a suit. So everybody's showing up at crime scenes in suits mm-hmm. and ties, and he come running looking like he just rolled out the bed and... He driving that car which probably them killed the ozone and it's just like why are you here? And that's his schnick. That's how he gets the suspects to Confess stuff that's how he can figure people out because they don't, they never see him coming, they just never <laughs> see Columbo coming, right? Right? And I have figured out, like, I know when the person is the suspect because there's certain things he do when you the suspect. I ain't gonna tell y'all in case y'all watch it, but I'm like, Oh, you the suspect, I know you the suspect because look what Columbo doing, you the suspect, and then he always be like, Okay, 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 one more question. Now, look. He got you. He's going to ask that one more question. People need to realize when Columbo say one more thing, you need to say, no, 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 ain't one more thing. I'm calling my lawyer. Get out of my house, old man. But when he said one more thing, I said, see, that's his schnick. He ain't stupid. Columbo ain't stupid. But I love his shows because of him. And it was back in the time when there were always some famous guest stars. You know, I don't know if people do that as much now, probably because everybody costs an arm and a leg, but it would always be, tonight on Colombo with guest stars Robert Reed, or guest stars Telly Savalas, and you always be like, ooh, ooh, it's going to be good tonight, because so-and-so is on here, and such-and-such is on here. Speaking of Telly Savalas... Love kojak oh my god kojak was the best that was one of daddy's favorites was kojak mm-hmm. and it's so weird because who loves your baby eating that lollipop yes yeah i mean and this is so weird even as i talk about Columbo and how much i love the guest stars and storylines and just his acting i've watched a lot of police dramas he did and but- that was it. Those it, yeah, the stories everybody it really told wasn't him. a lot on TV, but he right. watched a lot of police dramas. And I guess because back then they made the detectives, lieutenants, the PIs more likable. Like, Columbo would never get caught with his hand in the till or stealing drugs and stuff. No, that ain't what Columbo do. He an upstanding, you know. Matter of fact, if you can't tell, he ain't got no money (laughs) (laughs) based on how (laughs) he dressed. Listen, the best ones, when he show up at the crime team, that little greasy bag, tell me, this is my lunch. I'd be like, dude, Dude, first of all, you need some gloves on at that crime scene and one of them suits they were in the British shows. you all over. you contaminated contaminating the crime scene, <laughs> Columbo. Columbo was all over them crime With scenes. that signal and them chicken bones, you need to move on. But I just love that. They made them uh, likable. Like Kojak. Oh. I love Kojak. Telly Savalas? Telly Savalas was good in Kojak. He was very, very good in Kojak. And because, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't white, man. He was, I forget his nationality. I thought he was Greek. Maybe, maybe Greek. And you knew that. Like, it wasn't hidden. They weren't trying to get him to play, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have to play. He wasn't playing something else. He was just being himself. Yeah, he was. And maybe that was the thing about these, de- these 70s detectives, if they was just being who they were. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 tried to write the characters to be relatable and you know, you cheer for them. I don't know nowadays if you would really be cheering no, for the detective cares. because most of the crime shows they have out now, they're making these, they're writing the characters as cops with major flaws. Yeah. And it's like I need you to know this person is a major flaw. That's one thing I don't like about a lot of the British shows. Is I can I can almost tell you the cop is gonna have drinking problem, drug problem, infidelity, or they gonna they gonna have some kind of psychiatric mental health issue. I, I'm I tired already of know mental health issues. I, I I mean I already know that, and I'm like, oh, I know life ain't perfect. And again, I know we say we like people we can relate to, but dog I know. Can you doll, Can you give me a break? Yes. Can I have a cop that's not stealing? Okay. Just one, just one. So that's why I like I like Columbo because I know he was a straight arrow and he was like, "I'm gonna get you. You ain't gonna even see me coming, but I'm gonna get you." Right. Telly Savalas, who loves you, baby. Who loves your baby? He would. He would get you. He he would get you. And this next one, these are the best detectives ever to walk gross the face of the earth. The best. The best. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> listen to me. These next, I do not disagree. Best to ever do the job. Ever do the job. Starsky and Hut. Starsky and Hut. There you go. Starsky, listen, growing up... Now, I don't know if Daddy watched Starsky and Hutt. We watched Starsky I watched Starsky and Because let Starsky me tell you something. Hutt. That Paul Michael Glazier who paid Starsky, if that wasn't a sexy man, he was sexier than Magnum P.I. No, I ain't going to go there. Yeah, that's but he, was he, he was sexy. He was... There. Listen, baby... I wanted some of them Starsky tennis shoes. Yes. Because he had these black tennis shoes with the white stripes. Yep. Baby. And I don't even know what they was called. This was back before Jordan made tennis shoes famous and everybody was buying tennis shoes. Yep. Everybody wanted some Starsky tennis shoes. Yeah. Starsky always had these particular tennis shoes. Oh. Loved. And I love Starsky. Oh oh my God. Starsky and Hutch was was the best show. Well, you know what? As I watch this show now, it is not. It was not the best show. It was not well written. <laughs> but from that ten year old little girl who used to watch this show, it was awesome. You know what? I'm not gonna let you sit right here and blaspheme Star Skin Hutch like that. That's what you're not gonna do. Now you're gonna put some respect on their name. You be coming up here because you got some learning and try to try to go and break down Skin Hutch. They out there, he driving the red tomato with the stripe up the middle and they chasing people down alleys and stuff. You sit here and talk about Starskin Hutch. Star Skinned Hutch. That was from 1975 to 1979. Star David Soule, Paul Michael Glazier, Antonio Fargas, and Bernie Hamilton. Now let me tell you, that was the coolest thing about this detective yes. show. Yes. They had people who looked like us. Mm-hmm. As main characters who were there every week, yes, and there would be Antonio Fergus playing Huggy Bear, yes, and Bernie Hamilton playing Lieutenant Dobie, Cap- no, Captain Dobie, Captain Dobie. Listen, listen. First of all, it took me many years to realize that Huggy Bear, played by Antonio Fargas, was like a retired pimp or something. <laughs> I mean, when you growing up, you just think Huggy Bear is so cool. He always like, you know, I'm gonna get me a fox tonight, and he dressed cool, and you know, and then you all you say you was a pimp, you was running women, so, and you was a snitch. So let me just say again, not the most well written show, <laughs> but by far one of my favorites as a child. Let me tell you something. It was still good. I just don't know children should been watching shows where an ex pimp was a snitch for the police. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. But we ah, still loved us some Huggy Bear. Yes, we did. And Captain Dobie. Why well, Captain Dobie always screaming and eating? Yes. That, bla- that poor black man. I know he was just glad to have. He probably a got chance. hypertension from that. Listen, role. I got high blood pressure watching the reruns. <laughs> I Captain Dobie always eating something. Always. And screaming. Yes. Oh, but I loved me some Starsky and Hush. They were so cool. Yes, they were. They was the bomb. I mean, that that was the thing about them. Columbo, Cannon, NX, they, you know, were okay. But when you got the Starsky and Hush, these were young guys. They yes. were hip. As I said, Starsky Paul Michael Glacier was beautiful. Loved him. Beautiful. Loved me some Starsky. You know? And they did the back and forth with each other. And I mean, they were like on the street detectives. And they weren't, you know what? Probably the thing that helped us love them as kids is they weren't very serious. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I mean, there were times they were deadly serious. Yeah. But there were times when they were just fun. Yeah. They were. They were. And they were just out there playing clothes, running the streets now. That's a show also that there was always some woman they was looking at. Yes. I said maybe this was a seventies thing. And I'm too too I was too young to realize it then. But it was always written into the shows that there was gonna be some pretty blonde or brunette who was gonna catch their eye. Every detective show. Except for old, mean-ass Cannon. Wasn't nobody, wasn't nobody checking for him. Girl, them women liked Cannon, too. That's Maybe. how you know it was a story. There ain't nobody <laughs> check, Wasn't nobody checking for Cannon, but even Columbo, the little women, tried to push up on him, but you know, he had Miss Columbo at home that would have boxed his ears, but there was always woman involved that they liked or didn't like, and But I mean, I just love Starsky and Hutch. I love Starsky and Hutch, too. Like I said. But as I I reflect back on them, (laughs) watching the shows with my 80s, (laughs) I'll be like, oh, that wasn't good. That wasn't good at all. They shouldn't have done that. This is questionable TV. Yes, this is. And you know, I think it introduced the Buddy Cop show to us, It did. I think it did. Because all these others were kind of... By themselves. By themselves. Striking out on their own. Secretary. But then you had these two buddies. And it was fun. They were good friends. And they were a team. And it showed, you know, showed you teamwork. Yeah. Them working together. Yes. The advantages of you know, having somebody cover your back yeah. and Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like that, that they were just, and they were different. They were, they were cause, very Because remember, uh, Hutch was always into, like, natural food yep. and eating well. And Starsky was like, look, can we just get a pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and remember, Hutch, Hutch had the old raggedy car. Yes. And Starsky was like, no, Starsky had that high uh performing red. I don't even know what kind of car that was. It was a fast It was red a red Torino ter- maybe? Yeah, with a red with a white stripe down yes. the center of it. And so that you just I just love them too, the back and forth, the playing off each other. But that was like one of the best shows. I agree. I agree. Ever. I like the show, but like I say, looking at it with my twenties would be like No. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, if I mean, as a kid I get it. Yeah, I loved it. So, you know, compared to everything else I had to watch, Starsky and Hutch was the bomb. Starsky and Hutch was good. And then, and I don't know if it came before them or after them, but when did Charlie's Angels... (laughs) It it was was around that same time. See, and I think they kind of opened up the door for then these female private investigators, buddies coming out, kicking peoples. Yeah. But it was a bunch of fighting. Yeah, these women, Charlie's Angels, these three women who were out solving crimes and karate chopping people. And see, I love that part of the 70s. I love that part of these crime shows because these people were above board. They really were. And nowadays you have, and people will say, well, now they're showing the true essence of police work, but I don't think all cops are evil or bad or on the take or. Right, right. And I think in the seventies, they just kind of made you want to pull for these guys yeah, because they were like fighting crime. Now you kind of like, I want you to fight crime, but I don't think you need to have a gun because you're unstable. You mean, you know, when you watch some of these shows, you're yeah, like, you don't need a gun. I don't think you need a gun. I think you need to leave an absence for a while, okay. you know? I mean, <laughs> think you need to leave an absence. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to work on some stuff and right. come back to the force. Maybe right. on desk duty would be good for you. So. No women with no public. You can <laughs> you can have no contact with the public. None. None. You only you... to contact yeah. other police officers. Yeah, we're going to put you in property when you come back. Yeah. So I mean that's the big the big difference. So but I love my 70s detective shows. It's an escape. Reminds me of childhood and how excited we would be. About the shows. Yes. And people, we, you know, you'd be out playing. I'm Starsky. I'm Hutch. Yeah, that's and right. and you know, I'm Huggy Bear. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> but you know what? And matter of fact, I had friends like that in a, in elementary school. No, they wanted to be Hutch. I was Starsky. I had a friend. She was blonde. She was Hutch. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to be Hutch. <laughs> and I had another friend who was blonde. She was Huggy Bear. And She didn't mind being <laughs> Huggy Bear. But I don't think, she, of course, I don't think she thought of Huggy Bear. <laughs> in the way you just brought Huggy Bear to life. <laughs> Listen, you need to all check on your friends who wanted to be Huggy Bear when they was kids because <laughs> there may be some questions you need to ask them. I'm just going to put that out there now. No shame, no shame, no judging. Just check on your friends okay. that wanted to be Huggy Bear. But yeah, so for all of these shows, I'm all in. I and am in, too. I'm going to even give I'm gonna give Columbo a pass. I like Columbo. You you start watching Columbo, you gonna love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try. You I'm gonna, gonna try. It. If if none if for nothing else, then all the guest stars. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And I will do that for the guest stars. He always has good guest stars on there. But of course, my favorite too is gonna be Starsky and Hutch. Even though that was not a very good show, but it was what it represented at the time. Listen, you're just not gonna sit here and blast range Starsky and Hutch. I love them. Love, love, love Love them. them. And for those of you who don't know, these 70s detective shows were more than fun. And these are the kind of things, as we say, you can fall asleep on these. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a show you can put on and fall asleep on if, if need be. Because nowadays, the crime stories, you put them on and fall asleep. You gonna have nightmares. you nightmares, nightmares don't have nightmares. You had a devil you, you showed, <laughs> fall asleep on some of these current shows. Yeah, you will. So. But yeah, these seventy shows, you fall asleep on these. Yeah. And so I'm giving them all the thumbs up I got. I'm going to give them a thumbs up, too. Amen, amen. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us for TV Talk with the Sisters. Yes, we will see y'all again next time. All righty, y'all, y'all, be good. Bye. Bye. Bye.